it is a beautiful and warm feeling to know that people who don't know you really care about you. They're davening for you. They're, they, they're thinking about you and they're trying to do whatever they possibly can in order to help you personally and to help our cause in general. Welcome back to another episode of The Current Podcast. Um, we are incredibly grateful uh, to have a few moments to talk to a, not just a colleague, but a friend of ours, uh, Abhishek Magenza, uh, who is the, the project manager, the project, project director uh, of Karin, um, and is currently serving uh, as a reserve uh, in Sahal in the IDF. Um, and so thank you so, so much, Abhishek, for giving us some time uh, to talk today. My pleasure. So I, well, let's jump right into the conversation because um, we're very conscious of your time. Um, but Avishai, can you please teach us your whole Torah, Al uh, Regalachat, standing on one leg? So, you know, whenever I'm called into emergency uh, duty, Tzav Shmone, um, this is the fourth time I've been called in um, since I joined Sahal. I feel that one of the hardest things is the way the Rambam describes um, going into war, the the obligation upon a warrior going into war. Um, so in Hilchot Melachim, I believe it's uh, the seventh chapter, he talks about um, a moving away from fear. Right? It's there. There is an iser from the Torah um, to be fearful in combat, and. The way he describes it is, he says, one may not think about their family um, during uh, combat, right? They have to move away from that. And um, you have to remember that what you're doing is you're fighting Alichud Hashem. You are fighting in the name of Kadosh Baruch Hu. Um, that's what you're doing. So you are not a private citizen anymore. You are connecting to Kalad uh, Yisrael. I think that really is um, one of the most difficult things for anyone to do, um, especially considering that on a, on a most basic level, I think many of us feel that the, the, the basic motivation, even before we talk about Am Yisrael, before we talk about tremendous concepts like Yehud Hashem, we're going on the simplest level to protect our families. Uh, when we think of the atrocities that occurred down south on Simchat Torah, um, you know, it's it's on the most basic level that you want to go and protect uh, those who need protection. So to connect that, right, the, the, on the one hand, the people you're fighting for, and on the other hand, not think about them because thinking about them can bring you to a certain level of fear and possibly not being able to function um, in war. That is a, there, there's like a dissonance there. And I, I find it uh, to be very complicated. Um, I feel that, you know, having 
thinking about this for for many years because as i said this isn't the first time i've been um called to war the first time was the second lebanon war and um then we had Sukaitan. Um, so, you know, these thoughts have been developing for many years. I feel that the only way to really succeed in what the Rambam demands from us is really understanding that in reality, we're not really individuals. We're all a part of Klal Yisrael. Uh, we really feel that. We feel this now. I remember during Tsuketan, the same atmosphere. I think now maybe even more. Um, this tremendous achdut that, you know, we daven that should stay forever, not only during war, um, but definitely as a soldier. You know, you walk down the street. People want to hug you. People want to take a picture with you. People bless you. Um, the amount of food and and other uh, necessities that, that we've been receiving. I've been using... Um, high-end military equipment that was brought in from the United States. I, you know, there's one of the guys in our unit who, um, you know, brings in equipment and I, I heard him, I overheard him speak on the phone uh, a while ago. And it seems like the entire East coast is wiped out of equipment. Like they're starting to look in, you know, Texas and other places like where they can get, good high-end equipment, because that's what Jews in the United States have been doing, is just sending us um, equipment that we have been using in actual um, combat. So this tremendous sense of achtut that we that we feel is the reality. The reality is that we really are all connected. And once you understand that and you let go of your sense of individuality, um, I think that allows you to move away from that sense of like my personal family, you know, my personal vested interest in this war um, onto the higher level of thinking of Yichud Hashem Barach. And maybe, you know, an analogy that, you know, can kind of like help people grasp this, uh, wrap their head around it. Um, I think that in a good marital relationship, so a couple can reach a level that they can reach um, the sense that it's very hard to to kind of describe like where I stop and where uh, my counterpart starts. It's like we feel like very uh, like so connected that that we're really fused together. It's it's almost impossible to differentiate. Uh, between us, although we can have very different personalities and different strengths and weaknesses, but in the way we um, guide our family, the way we we manage even like day to day tasks, it's like this uh, deep connection, um, which also like makes me think of actually something that's more of a military analogy. I heard this um, great phrase once in describing the way um, special units work together. So when you have a special unit training together, they become what is described as a hive mind, just like bees move along in perfect correlation. And it looks like you don't understand who's guiding them. It's just they they move along in, in unison and are able to accomplish tremendous feats. So a well-trained organic unit 
just moves together and you don't have to tell uh, the other person what you want them to do. It's it's there's almost no talking. You you move your hand in like a very subtle way and they understand exactly what you want and they move into the next position. And then you just naturally flow into the position after that. And that's the way you move from you know house to house or whatever the, the mission is. And um, I think all these things connect because what I've just said now, I just it dawns on me now. It's like I just realized it, right? I'm giving an analogy from the world of family. I'm giving an analogy from the world of the military, both expressing how you can have this complete fusion of minds and this connectedness where it's um, very difficult to kind of like, you know, place individuals within that uh, greater unit. And I think that's what what's happening now in Am Israel. And I think that's what the Rambam is basically demanding because on a on a fundamental level i think it would sound to most people like that's impossible how can i stop thinking about my family how can i stop worrying about my family especially in our complicated reality in israel where you know men go out uh to the front lines but still families are um under threat due to rockets that is something that's tremendously um difficult um so those are my thoughts about um you know my experiences um in these uh recent weeks so just i guess um for the sake of our listeners that um maybe don't know you so well yet um and obviously uh share as much as as you're able to or willing to but can you just tell us a little bit about i mean you mentioned again this the unique element of the Israeli army is just a very um, fine line, if any, or I guess the very the blurred lines between citizens and soldiers. Yes. Um, so just to get, I guess, a sense of, of you, can you tell us a little bit about who was Avishai on Hoshana Rabbah? What happened to Avishai on Simchat Torah? And then what yeah. was Avishai doing on Isruchag? What was that journey like for you? Yeah. Um, okay, so... You know, we'll start with Hoshana Raba. Um, I live in Efrat in the Dagan neighborhood. Beautiful community. Um, basically took off about five years ago. So we're still kind of building the community. Um, I was asked to give a shear. Um, you know, so I gave like a standard shear on Hoshana Raba. Um, davening, normal, uh, normal chag. And I am part of the Kitat Koninut, the immediate um, terror response unit here in Efrat. So I'm always, um, you know, definitely during Chagim and, and Shabbat, walking around with a rifle and a radio uh, ready, you know, to be to be called at any given moment. So on Simchat Torah, I davened Vatikin. Um, a quarter to seven in the morning, I received a WhatsApp message. I'm, I also carry my phone. I'm always uh, available on Shabbat and Chag. Received a WhatsApp message with some very basic information about what's going on down south. Um, and they told us to be uh, ready. About 45 minutes later, 7.30, uh, we were right. We're about to start um, Chatan Torah. Um, they break out into the radio and they call us all in immediately. Um, so since then, what we were doing 
uh, for the first day, uh, driving around Efrat, um, informing citizens of what's going on, uh, letting men know that they should turn on their phones so they can be called into their units, um, you know, making sure that people realize they shouldn't be uh, getting too far away from home being close to a uh, protected room because of rockets. We had a few rockets here on um, Simchat Torah. And then um, the next day, basically, the Kitat Kununut was dissolved and it became part of the um, army. And as you said, Arye, the, like these, that, that transition is um, on the one hand, very, uh, very sharp. It's, uh, it's a little shocking, but you just, you do it very quickly. And, um, you know, I, I think that many people have that mindset of like, we're ready to, you know, flip in, you know, one second, like in any given moment, we can move away from being a citizen to being um, a soldier, which is exactly what happened then. And since then, um, you know, I've been uh, basically 7.30 in the morning on Simchat Torah was my Tzavshman. That was um, calling me in to be drafted, and I've been drafted um, ever since. You you touched on it before in terms of um, sort of the, the achter that we're feeling at the moment. Um, especially between sort of the Jews in Israel and the Jews in the diaspora, um, and sort of the provision that's coming in, uh, the support, physical support that's coming in um, from uh, you know, places like America, whether it's equipment or, or um, f- you know food and clothing coming in from all over the place. Um, as someone who sort of has has a foot in sort of both. Uh, both camps, I guess, as you know, someone living in Israel, but also being uh, an American by birth, um, and someone serving in the army. What, what, you know, how, how does that support like really play into, uh, you know, your day to day, whether it's your physical well being or spiritual well being? Um, you know, what does that support look like, and how's it, how's it manifest? So, first of all, it is a. Um, beautiful and warm feeling to know that people who don't know you, I mean, I think sometimes as Jews, we take this for granted. Um, You know, so I try to be aware of this, but that people who don't know you really care about you. They're davening for you. They're, They're thinking about you and they're trying to do whatever they possibly can in order to help you personally and to help our cause in general. And that is just a, a heartwarming, um, feeling and i always feel that besides the actual equipment or the food that we receive the letters that come along are just like beautiful like you see all these pictures all over the place where you have bases just like you know soldiers that filled up the walls of bases of tanks with these um beautiful letters um from children from other jews um that is really no less significant than the um, actual equipment. And, you know, I've, I've been thinking about this too. Like a lot of people are feeling, I think, like, think I, I don't really have enough time to uh, listen to the news. So I don't really, I'm not that well connected to, uh, you know, what, what people are discussing and, you know, the, the general uh, arguments, which I'm sure are going on about, you know, how did this happen and who's to blame and so on. Um, but in a sense, I feel that 
there is something amazing that is happening here where there is a lack of ability from the um, government and from Tzaha to actually do what they're supposed to be doing in one second, that void was filled by individuals. These tremendous stories about people leaving their, you know, chag, whether it's davening or the meal, they, they as soon as they hear about what's going on, they drive down south without guns because they'll, they know they'll just figure something out. They'll pick up guns from, you know, those who have already fallen or from, you know, terrorists and start fighting. I personally know people who have done that. So they immediately fill that void. And that is that that saved us, that it was a tremendous, um, you know, as, as tragic as everything was. But the fact that we have individuals who fill that void and prevented a much worse outcome is amazing. And the fact that Sahel doesn't have enough equipment and that people just individuals literally going on Amazon and, you know, getting equipment and sending it to us. And that is what's helping us in the war. I think that is a good thing, right? Yes. Maybe, you know, if I could structure a society, I'd say, yeah, the government should be doing that. But considering that this is the situation we've entered, the fact that every individual around the world, every Jew feels that they can and that they should do something because no one's coming to save you. The government did not function, you know, in the first hours or days or whatever it was. Sahal, unfortunately, wasn't able to fully function. And it's up to us. It's up to us individuals. Do whatever you can. Maybe you're the individual whose job it is to just drop everything and go down south without a gun and figure things out as you move along. Maybe it's your job to just go on Amazon and buy something. But whatever it is, you have something that you can do. And in the end, I think that is really something that is for um, the better. Because, you know, in the end, we have an opportunity to um, make a significant comp- contribution and to really feel more connected to Am Yisrael, not just be proud of Medinat Yisrael, who obviously, you know, we are proud of and of Tzahal, but you know, when it comes down to us as individuals to contribute, I think that's significant. Um, on a personal level, I can say that um, a, you know, someone who is collecting uh, equipment and bringing it in from the United States gave me a night vision, which I later found out is under regulation. So it wasn't completely legal to bring it in, which, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. We didn't know. It's not like you're on the record. I'm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I'm just mentioning it, you know, in case some of our listeners are thinking, oh, that's a great idea. Let's send them some night vision, which is honestly something that it's probably, you know, the top three uh, of any equipment. If, if someone asked me, you know, what equipment do you need? That would be uh, really high up there. Um, so just like be aware that there is regulation about this, though, you know, equipment is coming in all the time. You know, there's regulation about uh, scopes for guns still they're bring, being brought in. Um, and in the end, seriously, this is life-saving equipment. So, you know, I'm obviously not telling anyone to, to break the law, um, but once it's you know, it arrives, it's in our hands. We're happy that we do have it. Um, you know, so I personally use this on a mission. There was an Arab village that, um, you know, we entered with 
uh, uh, you know, significant force and using night vision is a game changer. Um, the, it's, it's a, a tremendous tactical advantage over the enemy. And these individuals who, again, literally just went on Amazon, bought some high-end night vision, sent it over, I mounted it on my helmet. And there I am, you know, in the middle of the night, walking through an Arab village with this tactical advantage. This is really, um, it, that is a tremendous feeling of how we are all in this together. And, uh, you know, Bezrat Hashem, we, we should figure out how to do this in spite of regulation and so on. But this is really um, uh, important things. It's not just, I mean, there, there are some things that are like nice extras, it's just like more comfortable equipment and so on, which is also very good. And that does contribute. But there are some things that are really being used directly in combat. And it's, uh, it's extremely meaningful. So, I mean... I guess thinking even further back before Hoshana Rabbah, the uh, normal day-to-day -day life uh, in, in, in our kind of uh, relationship and interactions with you, obviously used to you having uh, a very key and essential role in so many of the projects that go on at Corin. Um, I'm sure many uh, uh, books uh, that are in the homes of our listeners have, have your uh, fingerprints, not literally, but uh, figurative fingerprints all over them. Um, and while you've been in Milouin, there's obviously been certain projects, different things that have been going on at Corin. How has it felt from your perspective, kind of, as opposed to normally where you're so involved in the middle of everything to have to kind of watch these things from afar? Yeah, so um, unfortunately, I really have been preoccupied. Um, as things happen in war, um, you know, things are shifted around and I ended up having many more people under my command um, than I would have under normal circumstances. So I really have been primarily focusing on military work. Um, in between, I have been giving some thought and, you know, to, to major projects and, you know, trying to figure out what it is I can do. Um, especially in terms of delegation. However, there's so many key figures in the company that too are in Miluim that it's it's hard to do that. Even when I, you know, when I do have a little bit of time that I can uh, dedicate, it's very hard uh, doing that alone because, you know, as I was saying before about, you know, working as a unit with a hive mind, I feel that at Corin actually that is something that is present and we work very well together. Um, I think, most people who work at Corin, you know, if you ask them about their experience, um, they will say that they have a, um, a positive experience of collaborating and working well with other, other people. So that really has been difficult. And unfortunately, I haven't really um, been able to help progress any uh, a major project. However, you know, I, I think about this a lot, not only uh, during war, it really is amazing that in Israel, we're able to get any work done at all, and that we're able to have this beautiful, thriving, um, Western developed country, in spite of the fact that we are const constantly under attack. And we are also so different from the enemy. This isn't like a normal, this isn't a normal war. This is you know, a developed country fighting against terrorism with all of uh, that complication. And it is 
really, in my mind, it is a miracle that we are able to thrive in this environment. And, and you look at the way the country is you know, built and, you know, everywhere you you go in Yerushalayim, you can see this, it's, you know, more tunnels are being uh, uh, built and, and you know, roads and technology and so on. Um, so hopefully uh, we can say the same with regard to our project at Koren. Um, you know, on a rational level, yes, it's kind of uh, distressing to think about the number of projects that have been stalled. Um, but Bezrat Hashem, uh, you know, what we do, we honestly believe we do for Am Yisrael, what we do at Koran, I mean. So right now we're doing the most uh, needed thing for Am Yisrael, which, you know, as the Rambam describes, a milchemet mitzvah, which is Ezrat Yisrael miatzal, going and saving Jews on the most basic level is a milchemet mitzvah. And as we know, the halacha is you drop everything you're doing and you go out to a milchemet mitzvah. So hopefully that will um, give us the the schut to continue doing what we do for Am Yisrael on the level of the content and design the beautiful uh, products that we've putting out uh, that we've been putting out. Having said that, um, I also know that you guys, right, and not just you know you Alex and you Arya, but you know other colleagues. I've had a minute here and a minute there to uh, to talk to have really um, you know picked up uh and and been able to move along either existing projects or um you know some new projects the the beautiful uh project of sending out um Chumashim and Sidrim and other books to Chayalim uh is just heartwarming amazing to to view uh you know we ourselves have received um these uh tehillim chumashim sidurim from koran and it's for me a beautiful thing to see that at every minion uh there are some other sidurim but the dominant uh sidurim among them are the koran sidurim you know definitely chumashim the only chumashim we have for shabbat are the ones that we received from koran so now, obviously, that's uh, very close to to my heart. So you guys are also doing tremendous work, and uh, you know we we appreciate that. And I think that together, um, you know, hopefully we're we're really doing uh, what we can now for Am Yisrael, and you're uh, maintaining and sustaining the company so that you know when this is all over, we can get, come back and uh, pick up where we left off. So Avishai, you're. Uh on a precious 24 hours uh, at home right now. So we don't want to take any more of your time. Um, we want to give you the opportunity to, to spend as much of that time as possible as you can with uh, with your wife and your kids uh, and just having some sense of normalcy. Um, so I think so we'll, we'll, we'll wrap it up there. Um, I, you know, one thing that I do miss uh, over the last six weeks, but you know, just in general, sort of when I work from home and, and you're in the office is, you know, a couple of hours easily spent schmoozing in Avishai's office is uh, never a couple of hours wasted. Um, and I look forward to doing that again, uh, please God, very, very soon. Um, and so thank you, Avishai, uh, for joining us. Uh, Hashem, Yishmaretzka, Hashem should look after you. Um, you should be well. You, all of your soldiers, all of the soldiers uh, looking after us at the moment. Uh, and we should know peace very, very soon. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much. That's what we've got time for this week uh, on the Current Podcast. Thank you again to Abhishek Magenza, um, our wonderful uh, colleague and friend uh, here at Karen. Um, if you would like to uh, reach out to uh, us, 
uh, we can put you in touch with Overshare perhaps uh, if you're looking to get some equipment you can reach us at podcast at currentpub.com or via all social media at current publishers um, also if we could encourage you to please uh, visit www.currentpub.com um, and use the promo code podcast at checkout to get 10% off your entire order uh, Karen is taking part in the Blue November initiative uh, supporting Israeli businesses. Karen is an Israeli business based out in Jerusalem. Um, we are, uh, you know, doing everything we can uh, to keep the company going, uh, especially during this very difficult time. Um, and on top of encouraging you and everyone to buy Israeli products, um, buy Israeli books uh, from Karen, um, we will also be donating a uh, portion of our proceeds to uh, Tahal to displaced families from the south and from the north uh, and all over the place um, and other organizations working uh, for the betterment and the protection of Israel at the moment. Uh, so please do visit us at www.currentpub.com. Um, you can get 10% off uh, using promo code podcast. Um, and we hope to see you again next time for another episode of the current podcast. Al Regel Achat. Goodbye. <laughs>